0: Let's go to the Lord again in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily spiritual bread As we come before you in this worship, we thank you for the opportunity of meeting together in this capacity. We realize that without you, we can do nothing. As we said earlier we really don't know what to pray for as we ought. Too often in our sinful natures and in Thy providential dealings, we endeavor to approach Thy throne in vacillation Wondering what and how to pray. And while we do not want to be negligent, negligent in our praying, we are thankful that we have a high priest seated at your side, touched with the feelings of our infirmities. We don't know how to comprehend that even as we live in this world and We may have friends and loved ones who are indeed touched with our infirmities and feelings. And we often are touched by the sufferings of others. Some, we must admit that we hear of their sufferings try to remember to pray for them but all too often forget and then there are others that come across our path for whom we pray and it seems like that you have laid us laid them upon our hearts in a most unusual way and we are touched by their infirmities. And we would that we could cause them to feel our affections for them. But we can't. And while we know that you are touched with the feelings of our infirmities, We so often desire to sense that affection for us. As one put it so well, upon one occasion, so often we know these things in our heads and our hearts are far from you. And we thank you for those times that you bless our hearts to catch up with our heads. Nevertheless, we continue to trust in you, lean upon you, and seek for deliverance from you. Not only deliverance from our physical afflictions and trials, deliverance from our sinful condition, and ultimate deliverance from the wrath to come. Looking forward to departing to be with Christ, which is far better. But not to that alone, but looking to be clothed in our glorified body with you in all fullness of joy and peace. So we ask our God that you would bless us in our attempt to worship this day. And that you would speak to our hearts, each one of us, as our souls need. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to take up in 1 John where we left off. We were looking in the uh, 4th chapter and... uh, basically looking at the verses 17 through 18, but we uh, stopped in verse 18, but I want to read verses 17 through 18 to get some of the context and go back and pick up where we left off. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, So are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Now we left off looking in verse 18 at the word fear. And we kindly uh, uh, defined it in some ways. But we pointed out that there are various kinds of fear and when it says here in verse 18 no fear in love this is not to be confused with people that have no fear of God you know the Bible tells us that those who don't love God don't know God they have no fear of God so it's not this kind Uh, but there is also a fear of God that is genuine and proper and all men ought to have and we looked at that and then that there, and then there is a fear that believers have that is good and godly reverence and all believers have that kind of fear and ought to have that fear of god and then there's a natural fear that uh, is abated when love is exercised But we were looking at several verses where God's children are commanded not to fear. And the phrase, fear not, is stated 83 times in the Bible. And the phrase, be not afraid, is used 28 times. And we were looking at several verses in the Old Testament where it talks about to fear not. And it's now we want to look at some of the verses in the New Testament because oftentimes uh, we are fearful when God tells us not to be fearful. And, uh, and this is one of the things I want to encourage us in. Uh, I know I need to be encouraged in uh, not to fear God. And uh, so let's look at a few of the passages in this, first of all, uh, in Luke uh, chapter one, in verse thirteen, Luke chapter one, in verse thirteen. This is the angel talking to Zacharias when he was in the temple there, uh, offering up uh, prayers at the uh, incense at the time of prayer. And uh, I'll start at verse twelve, No, verse eleven. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Obviously, if we were at prayer and an angel appeared to us, we'd kind of be shocked too. Uh, But the angel told Zacharias to fear not. And he told him that his prayer had been heard. Well, uh, Zacharias was an old man. Elizabeth was an old woman. And they had been praying... uh, for God, praying to God uh for years uh, for a child, and uh in fact, in verse seven, it says they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they were both now well stricken in years, and so uh God doesn't answer our prayers when we want them Uh, if he did uh, I wouldn't have been out of the worship services for five weeks Uh, if he did uh, I wouldn't have had health issues that I've had uh, this whole year Uh, if if God answered prayer like we want people that we know this year this year would not have died uh, people that we know that are in the hospital uh and uh, undergoing sufferings and pains at this time, they wouldn't have that and because God doesn't answer our prayers as we ought as we desire not not as we ought as we desire, we need to remind ourselves not to fear, not to fear, not because. There's something in us. But we must trust God. We must trust God. When we don't know what's going on, we still must trust Him and fear not. Even uh, later on, when this same ab- angel, and we know that this angel was Gabriel, because in uh, Luke one twenty-six. It said, now in the sixth month, that is when Elizabeth was with child with John the Baptist uh, in her sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God uh, into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And she came, uh, the angel came to Mary and, uh, well, let's just keep reading. Uh, Verse twenty-seven, to a virgin espoused to be espoused to a man, whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favoured; the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his seeing, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And beloved we need to remember this, though uh, we're not in the same category uh, as Mary, and though uh We're not having the same blessings that Mary had uh, because she was uh, blessed uh, uh, among women and highly favored. But at the same time, if we are saved by the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ, we too, Have found favor with God we too have have found favor with God and God reminds us to fear not fear not we live in a world of chaos and turmoil Uh, we're living in a world that is totally different from the world in which we grew up Uh, even in our own nation And when we see the things that are happening around us, uh, we can't really do anything about it. All we can do is pray. But God would have us to be mindful of the fact to not fear, to trust in Him, to trust in Him. Uh, All of us are aged Some of y'all are more aged. Uh, We don't know what the future's going to hold. And uh, uh, in the midst of all of that, uh, we need to uh, fear not and trust in the Lord as much as God would bless us to do so. In Luke chapter 2, this is the angel that uh, uh, that this is when the angel came to the shepherds that were abiding in the fields at night and by the way uh, though this is Uh, We've just gone through this uh, holiday season of uh, the world giving allegiance to the birth of Jesus. We know that uh, it was not at this season because shepherds are not in the field in the wintertime. This is more like uh, the spring of the year or maybe the fall of the year. Uh, But it was definitely... Not uh, in December, but nevertheless, uh, in verse 8, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of, of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. And talks about uh, the birth of Jesus there in Bethlehem. But imagine being out in the middle of the field at night, just going about your regular uh, duties, and watching over the sheep, trying to stay awake. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the, an angel of the Lord comes upon you. And the glory of the Lord shines round about you. That would be a fearful occasion. We think how wonderful that would be. But it would shock us. It, 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 it would get our attention no doubt but God says fear not fear not uh, in chapter 5 of Luke I just got a few here because as you know that uh, we could go on and on and on but i give you a couple of two or three more anyway in uh, Luke chapter 5 in verse 10 this is when uh, the the, the Peter, James and John and uh, and uh, 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 James and John and Peter and uh, 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 Andrew no doubt was there too but they were out in the out in the sea, fishing, and the Lord comes upon them, and Jesus, in fact, they had uh, two of their ships out there, because if you remember Andrew and Peter and James and John, they were all cousins, and they were in business together. And so they were out there with their ships uh, in Galilee fishing. And uh, uh, actually they were, uh, they, they had been fishing, but they were washing their nets. And the Lord came along and got in one of the ships and launched out into the deep. And uh, out a little bit and was teaching the people on the land and uh, you might think that to be uh, somewhat unusual but on the uh, there around Tiberius the 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 countryside was kindly a hillside that came down to the Sea of Galilee. And so by Jesus getting into one of the ships and launching out a little bit from the shore, it was like that he was down and the people were up on the sides and kind of like an amphitheater. And so he could, they could see him better, hear him, and he taught them. And so after he had taught the people out of the ship, he told Simon and them to launch out into the deep and let their fish down, their nets down for fish. And, of course, Simon said, Master, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. You can almost hear the doubt uh, in Simon Peter. You know, here they were Excellent fishermen. They knew the they knew the sea of Galilee, and they knew where the fish were. They, uh, they, that's how they made their living. And, yeah, well, just because you said so, we'll let the net down. And when they had done, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships, so that they began to sink. That's a lot of fish. Then Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. And we can all say that. We're sinful. And many times we wonder uh, in our conditions is God judging me for my sins? Is it because I'm just such a sinner? Uh, Does He really hear my prayers? Does He really take note? For He that is as Peter was astonished and all that were with him at the draught of fishes which they had taken and so was also james and john the sons of zebedee which were partners with simon and jesus said unto simon fear not from henceforth thou shalt catch men When God shows us our sinfulness aren't we thankful that He tells us to fear not? We have a Savior. We have one that watches over us. Perfect love casteth out fear as John tells us. In the 12th chapter of Luke. Jesus is teaching the disciples and he's telling them uh, Actually, telling them much about the judgment to come. Now, break into the context. We now start in the middle of verse one. Uh, Jesus saying, "Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy." And if we are all uh, truthful with ourselves, we realize that. We have far more hypocrisy about us than we would like to admit, because we all. Uh, 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 well, I know that myself; I'm quick to think more highly of myself than I ought to think. And uh, but anyway, he tells us to be uh, to beware of that, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. And that which you have spoken in the ear in the closet shall be proclaimed on the housetops. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and afterward that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you of whom ye shall fear. Fear him, which after he hath killed both, uh, which he hath power to cast both, or cast into hell, I say unto you, fear him. So we are commanded to fear, but we are commanded to fear God. But then he goes on and says, Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And shall not one of them, uh, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Now here it is. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. And I say unto you, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. We're coming out of winter and we're beginning to see birds come upon the scene of summer. And If there's anything that we need to keep in mind, when we see even the sparrows out in the yard, our Lord would have us to fear not. Fear not. Dropping down to verse 32. You're not, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Our little worship service here uh, will never be known on the front line of any newspaper. But if God is with us, we need not fear. We need not fear. Uh, Obviously, uh, some of the things that I've been going through and still going through, uh, if I were to say that I don't have any fears, uh, I'd be lying. I'm preaching to myself today as much as I am to you. Uh, it's no accident in the providence of God. This is where we left off some weeks ago. And I, I need this the message. And uh, we all need the message. And it's easy to say, fear not. And yet we also know that uh, unless God blesses this to our hearts, uh We'll hear the message and still go away fearing. And so uh, there's no way that I can say these words and change our hearts. Only God can do that. And so uh, let us be mindful to believe God and yet at the same time seek to trust in Him. I'm going to skip forward to Acts chapter 27. So far we've been listening to the words of our Lord and we shall continue to hear the words of our Lord. But here in Acts 27, uh, we'll find it in a most unusual way. This is when Paul was on his way to Rome. And you know that uh, they were out in the deep and a huge storm came up. And uh, they, the, the people in the ship were trying to do everything they could to, uh, uh, to lighten the load. Uh, they, uh, from all appearance, uh, they were a, a grain ship uh, that were taking grain to Rome, but here they were about to lose their lives, and they had already undergirded the ship, and what that means is they took ropes and picture yourself on a ship uh, and some men at the beginning at the fr- at the front of the boat. They cast ropes over the front of the boat and then dragged those ropes down under the bottom of the ship till they got toward the back and then they brought the ropes together and tied them. And then they brought another rope and another rope and another rope to where they tried to, as it were, tie all these ropes together to hold the ship together. And so that's what it means when they undergirded the ship. And so they had done that uh and uh <clears throat> uh I won't start at verse uh Well uh I'll just start at verse 14 but not long after there arose against it a tempest, or a tempestuous wind called Eurycladon. And when the ship was caught, they could not bear up into the wind. We let her drive. In other words, they just kind of was at the mercy of the wind, and run running under a certain island which is called Cloda, We had much work to come by the boat which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship. And fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strike sail and so were driven, and we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest. The next day they lightened the ship, and the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed. From Crete. Paul warned them not to go. And it and to have gained this harm and loss. In other words, Paul was saying, I told you so. You ought to listen to the preacher. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. You should have listened to me, but now rejoice. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Fear not, Paul. For thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. Brother Hunt one time preached a meeting at Grace Chapel. He called and he preached several sermons and calling them Paul's prosperous journey and when Paul was uh, in jail in Caesarea back in uh, Palestine Paul said I appear before Caesar and God told him that he must go before Caesar but he had to go through this shipwreck and all of that But yet Paul made it and saw Caesar. But in the midst of a hopeless night, because you remember we read uh, back earlier, uh, well, I, I... I can't see it in the verses now. But if you remember, in one of the verses, it said that all hope was, yeah, uh, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. It looked like there, there was there was nothing, no way they could see being out of that situation. And yet God says, fear not, fear not. Beloved, may God bless us to know this blessed truth. And then one other passage in Revelation chapter 1. When John saw the Son of Man... Clothed as he was uh, with a garment down to the foot and girt about with the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice was as the sound of many waters, And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went the sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth, And was dead. And behold, I am alive and forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Beloved, again I say unto you in the words of our Lord, Fear not. Fear not. Because God would have us to know that we are uh, in His providential care and in His dealings. I've got a few passages of scripture here also where it tells us to be not afraid. Uh, Let's look at those two. Uh, I know I need to be reminded over and over and over again. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Like I said, there was 28 times this be not afraid is used and I'm not going to obviously look at 28 times though uh, it would do us good. But in Joshua chapter 1 Moses was dead but God raised up Joshua to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And without going into uh, all of the context, in Joshua 1, verse 9, the Lord said, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Beloved, I do not know what the future holds. I don't know what it holds for me. I don't know what it holds for you. But this much we can be assured of, that whithersoever we go, God is with us. God is with us. And he would have us not to be afraid, not to be afraid. Second Kings, Second Kings, in Chapter One. Verse fifteen. Well, I'm in First Kings. Let me get to Second Kings. my pages don't want to separate. This is Elijah. uh, And you know that Ahab had been looking for Elijah uh, because he wanted to kill him. But uh, in verse 15, And the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah, Go down with him, that is, go down with this captain. Be not afraid of him. And he arose and went down with him unto the king. Elijah was a man, James tells us, of like passion as we are. And James tells us to pray. But Elijah was a man that had fear at at times, and he was fearful here. But God said, be not afraid. Be not afraid. Trust me. Trust me. Isaiah 40. In verse 9 O Zion that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with with strength lift it up be not afraid say unto the cities of judah behold your god behold the lord god will come with strong hand and his arm shall rule for him behold his reward is with him and his work before him he shall feed his flock like a shepherd He shall gather the lambs with His arms and carry them in His bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Be not afraid. God would have us over and over to be mindful of this. Uh, I'll go to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 17. Yes, this is when uh, Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and Moses and Elijah appeared there. And while Peter spoke, it says, And behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the clouds which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. Acts chapter 18. We'll look at this in one more. But I just want to reassure us over and over again. And like I said, There's 83 times in the Bible it says, fear not. There's 28 times it says, be not afraid. But in Acts 18, in verse 9, this is when Paul was in Corinth. And he was going to leave Corinth because uh, he reckoned that uh, it was a bad place and he was going to leave. But then, spake the Lord to Paul in the night by vision. Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. Paul, I know this is a bad city. He said, For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. Paul stayed three years. I think it's three years. Either three or, or a year and a half. I forget which uh uh, maybe I could put my eyes on it right quick but uh, no it was a year and a half and he continued there a year and six months Paul was getting ready to leave because he was afraid for his life but God said fear not I've got some people here I've got some people that you need to preach to Paul was a fearful man, just like we are. He had his fears. And if you read the epistles to the Corinthians, you'll see some of that. But lastly, First Peter chapter 3, verse 14. Well, now let's start at verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice. I have a hard time with that when I'm going through trials and afflictions. Whether it's being persecuted for my faith or whether it's because of physical afflictions, I have the tendency of wanting to say, Why me? Why do I have to go through this? But think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice. And obviously we can't just like putting on a coat say so, well I'm, I'm, I'm going to be happy about this. We need God's help. But we also need to seek Joy. There was, at one time in my life, I was going through some deep trials, feeling greatly uh, dejected, uh, feeling sorry for myself. But I come to the conclusion, also, also I would say this, Uh, constantly was examining my own soul as to uh, whether all the fault was mine or or what but I came to the conclusion that God would not have me to be robbed of His joy that I needed to rejoice in Him uh, as much as I knew how Uh, I say that I haven't graduated in it I still have the battle but it didn't say rejoice and just be happy that you're suffering but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of the sufferings of Christ Somehow we are fellowshipping in the sufferings of Christ. You know, we... Uh, I don't know. Uh, though we, uh, as I said earlier, made mention, you know, sometimes uh, someone will be going through a trial and affliction and we know they're going through that and, and we try to pray for them. But then occasionally there's someone that's going through a certain trial or affliction and it just seems like God just lays it on our hearts and we're just praying for them almost continually. You know, we're, we're fellowshipping in their sufferings as much as we know how. Well, We may not always be cognizant of it, But when we're suffering for the cause of Christ, we are fellowshipping in His sufferings somewhat. I don't know that I can explain all of that. But He says, But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of the sufferings of Christ, of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, we may be glad with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On your part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, excuse me, on their part, he is evil spoken of. That is, the wicked speak evil of him. But on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief, or as a evil doer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glory, glorify God, on his behalf. But in verse fourteen again it says. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of God and of, of spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you, in other words, fear not, fear not well that's that was uh first Peter four fourteen I should have been reading three fourteen I'm sorry uh But who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid, there it is, of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Beloved, I wish that I could instill the the peace of God in you. But there's there's peace that is to be upon you. And the peace of God to abide with you. And there's no fear in the day of judgment when we uh, have Him uh, and, and look to Him. But that's the message for today. May God bless us to fear not and be not afraid. Let's pray. Holy Father, I would that I could do more than just say the words. But as you well know, we need you and the abiding blessing of the Holy Spirit to really live these words. Help us in the midst of our trials our trepidations, our misgivings, our selfishness, our self-centeredness, and help us to trust in you. Obviously, we do not know what the future holds. But as the saying goes, we know who holds the future. But we're still captivated in these perishing bodies. We still live in this low ground of sin and sorrow. We want to honor and glorify you, and we want to be delivered. So help us, our God, as we continue living out our lives upon this earth, trusting in you, the maker of heaven and earth. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.